Hello, everyone, and welcome to History in Technicolor. My name is David Crowther, and I'm joined by my partner in crime. Uh, me, Wolf O'Neill. So today, everyone, we are going to listen to a film about my choice, which is Land and Freedom, directed by Ken Loach. Uh, and this is about the Spanish Civil War. But first of all... Wolf, I think traditionally you ask me a question. Yes. Why did you select this film, David? Okay. In order to tell you that, I'm going to have to sing a song, okay? Ooh, okay. Which good. is going to be even worse than Russell Crowe. Uh, this is a song by Christy Moore. Do you know Christy Moore? Christy Moore? Uh, no. You don't? He is an Irish folk singer. Uh, getting on a bit now, obviously. Anyway, he sang a song called Vida La Quinta Brigada. Uh, which goes something like "Viva la Quinta Brigada." Okay, and it's it, he sings in tune generally, um, and this is all I know about the uh, the Spanish Civil War. Okay, or the vast majority comes from this one song in which Christie celebrates the uh, Irishmen who go and join the International Brigade to fight for the Republicans. Interestingly enough, I then subsequently learn in the making of this program that actually most of the Irish went and fought for the fascists, which mm. I thought was a little surprising. So, do you think that's from a republic? And was that song about anyone in particular? Uh, no, not in particular. Well, I think he does mention some names, actually, funny enough. But he also gives the explanation for the fact that most Irish went and for the fascists uh, when he sings the word came from Maynooth support the Nazis the men of cloth failed again so they go and support the Nazis because of the the fascists are very much supported so having a relationship with the Catholic Church in Spain which is another aspect of the Spanish Civil War and therefore it's that Catholic connection mm. Anyway, the long and short is Christy inspired me to bring forth this movie. I learned a tiny bit at school, but then that's sort of 40 plus years ago. And therefore, I've essentially forgotten it, as most people forget a lot of their history unless they're particularly interested in it. There was one other reason, actually, which is, you know, I thought the, the band, of, band of brothers and sisters who watched the history in Technicolor haven't suffered enough yet after the Peter Lou experience. I see. And having given them Mike Lee, I thought, right, well, let's hit him between the eyes of Ken Loach, which he was kind of Mike Lee squared, really, isn't he? So, yeah. How familiar are you with uh, Loach and his work? Not that. I mean, he did. He did the most desperately tragic movie in the history of movies, didn't he? Kez? Didn't he do Astral for Kez? Kez. Oh, ah, Kezzy. Oh, 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 oh. Saddest movie. He also did Sweet 16, is that right? Uh, I think so, yes. So Martin Compton, who's now AC12 and looking for chizzes and uh, all the rest of it, was. I think his first film was that movie, which is a deeply, relentlessly depressing movie. Mm. Not, not too surprised. Okay. No, indeed. So not many gags on Ken. So that's all the reasoning. Um, now then, did you enjoy the movie? I 
did. Um, but I, the more I've done research on it, the more I've begun to question my initial response to the film. So that will kind of come up later. No, I, I thought it was, uh, I didn't know anything about the Spanish Civil War in, in any meaningful sense beforehand. And you could argue I don't afterwards. Um, no. Yes. So that's also something that we'll uh, bring up. But no, the, the film moves along at quite a pace, relatively short compared to most of the other films that we select on here. So that's a positive. I thought the 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 fight sequences, uh, especially the raid on the town, um, were filmed really nicely, planned really well. I thought that the cinematography was nice. The landscapes were lovely. I liked the kind of strange mishmash of characters um, from all over the world in this little group. I found it relatively inspiring. Uh, I found it a bit confusing especially towards the later half when he starts to move into the city. But it definitely inspired me to want to learn more and to find out more about this. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good thing. Okay, so I'll tell you what I think about the movie in a little bit more detail over the time. But first of all, let's do the basics. This is a film that was produced in 1995, directed by Ken Loach, as we have said. It was It includes some... Quite well known, known actors, but not massively so, actually. The only guy I recognised was Ian Hart, who's the main character, David Carr. And to be honest, I recognise him because he's Father Bioka in The Last Kingdom. Again, uh, playing against him or alongside him is Rosanna Pasta, who is one of the key characters called Blanca. So the story is that this chap, David Carr, leaves Liverpool to fight for the Republicans in the Spanish Civil War and specifically joins a militia. Uh, the action is seen through this device of his granddaughter, after he has died in Liverpool, uncovering his stuff and his memories and his diaries and his pictures and that sort of thing. So... The action, in theory at least, is shown through her eyes. He joins an organisation called POOM, who are the Workers' Party of Marxist Unification in Spanish. It's kind of a Trotskyite militia, permanent revolution idea, that sort of thing. Although the story is about the fight against fascism, or that's the Spanish Civil War, Actually, this isn't much about the fascists who aren't there. This is more about the heart and soul of the communist revolution, as it were. Uh, and much of it is about the infighting between Poom and the Stalinists and uh, who are supporting the re republicanism. The Poom are poorly armed. Carr has a halting romance with Blanca. He's injured. He then goes to Barcelona and joins the International Brigade. And Blanca leaves him in fury at that point to go back to the militia in Aragon because, as far as she is concerned, the International Brigade are almost collaborationists. They're betraying the revolution because... They are making compromises about communism and the, 
the radical change in society that uh, the Poom militia want. And so she's very cross about that. Eventually, Carr sees the world in the same way as Blanca. So there's a uh, an event where the Republicans and the anarchists actually fight amongst themselves for, to control the Telefonica building in Barcelona. And there's a conversation there where they say, well, why aren't you over here helping us? And neither of them really know, but they go on fighting each other. The film ends with a sort of set-piece scene um, where the militia are sort of closed down by the communists, and then we flash back to the funeral where everybody stands around watching with these thoughts in their mind, as it were. Roll credits. So, Wolf, for you, we've got this flashback element. How well did that work for you, and... Why do you think Ken did it? Um, well, I mean, it's not the most original or exciting narrative device that uh, you mm. can use, but it kind of neatly ties the film up and it does it quickly. Um, it, we don't really spend that much time with the flashbacks. It's not like one of those movies where no. the character who's reading the notes has like a full story. It's pretty throwaway, yeah. so it kind of bookends the film neatly. I also think the film just wouldn't work if you, let's say you took the same footage and you just did the story with a, like a narrator, and then you cut to him for five, ten minutes as he's an old dying man. It just wouldn't have the same resonance. So for what they've gone for, it works. Um, and also the flashbacks do help to jump the story along quite quickly. You can mm-hmm. you can move from one to you can skip six months if you want and just do it in a flashback and show a photo. So there are benefits yeah. to that. Um, I obviously this is my interpretation, but I wondered if it was being done to try and connect the events of the Spanish Civil War with modern British social events. Um, when she, I yeah. think when she was looking through the newspapers, there was one about the minor strikes and some about uh, maybe Thatcherism. So I would assume that uh, Loach is using this story um, to inspire social um, resistance in the UK now. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. He, um, I mean, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think it's very consciously Ken who isn't a massive fan of Thatcherism, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Relating this back and saying, look, these issues are still relevant now. Um, and the respect that people show around the, the grave at the end, I think, really tries to emphasise that. Look, this isn't just about a bit of history. This is about now as well. Yeah, I think the the main thrust of this story, because I think we we might critique it later on for a bunch of different things, but I guess at its heart... It's about an unemployed Liverpudlian um, believing in something so strongly that he will travel against all odds to another country to help them fight against injustice. And I think that yeah. core journey um, and the fact that anyone can have an impact and anyone can uh, change something is a core belief that, that um, Loach has through all his work. So if he wants to talk about social issues here in Britain, uh, it's a good story to ins- inspire others to kind of get up and do something. Yeah. 
I agree. And I, I think actually that is the strength of the film. Now, look, I'm not an anarchist, but nonetheless. You fooled me, David. <laughs> One of the strengths of this movie for me is that Ken really believes all this and you get swept away, or I did, in the passion of the movie about, look, here is an opportunity to genuinely and fundamentally change society. And that was what Poom was about as far as he was concerned. Um, and for me, that's the best, one of the best things in the movie. Yeah. It has to be said that um, we should probably talk about it more later, but this is very much influenced by a book by George Orwell called Homage to Catalonia, which was George's experience of going to the Civil War. I'll park that just a bit, but clearly there's, there's ap that absolute connection between Ken and his view of the Spanish Civil War is through the lens of George Orwell. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I felt was really strong about it was the kind of social realism that, you know, this is not a showy movie. This is not a big blockbuster. It's really realistic, actually. I mean, you can't be entirely realistic about such a thing, I suppose, but you feel the grit under the uh, under the boots and the fingernails. You feel the the amateurism of the Poom militia. There's a scene where when they've taken a village, they capture a priest who has obviously, although he denies it, has been working with the, the fascists. And the way they deal with that, and they I won't do a plot spoiler, but the way they deal with that feels very realistic and very, you know, it's nothing heroic about it or uh, hand-wavy about it. It's some people making a decision and being pretty uncompromising about what they do. It uses violence sparingly, so we're not talking about big set pieces of of attacks, of warfare and people dying left, right and centre. It is there, the violence, but it's quite realistic. It's not graphically realistic, but it's kind of practical, if I you can use that word, rather than being showy. Mm -hmm. So I, I think those things are really strong. And it, what it rather bravely does in the middle is, so you've got this action going on and the militia are working in a bit of a vacuum. So one of the things you might say is that this is not a great way of learning about the Civil War because it doesn't have that overview. You don't really get an, an idea of what's happening in Spain as a whole at all, actually. But that's probably what it was like. And I quite like that about it. They're just working working and in, in their little bit of arrogance and they know things are big things are going on back home and they get impacted by that, like not getting weapons or whatever. But that's probably what this kind of war was like. People weren't, especially the militias, really weren't in the centre of it and would have not known very much about what was going on elsewhere. So I like that as well, although it's a bit confusing because you, when you watch the film, you don't see the big picture. But I think that's probably what it was like. and It's quite realistic. And then he takes the risk of cutting off from this drama 
and showing a debate in a village that the militia have just captured. So that's my next question to you. This is a it's a crucial bit in the film, I think, for Ken. The villagers debate what they should do. So there are different ideas. The Poom side of things is probably about collectivizing and changing society very radical, very radically. Whereas there are other voices, one who one peasant who wants to stay with the capitalist system, if you like, and work for himself, that's important to him. There are other people who want to do things carefully and not be too radical because they don't want to upset the British and the French and the the liberal democracies from which they hope they'll get support and aid and don't want to upset the Republicans. So there are these different things going on in the debate. And in the end, they decide to go for a collectivist system. Apparently, Ken got the real villagers together. He told them about the issues and the sort of things they needed to debate. And then he just pointed the camera and let them go, uh, which was so it's brave in a number of ways that could have easily the wheels have come could have come off that one and you could have lost the the narrative drive of the film i don't think you do but what did you think of that bit in the scene and how it played in the film as a whole um well firstly um the way that he's filming it is quite a bit like what we were talking about with mike lee um you know naturalistic observational approach uh non-professional actors with lots of improvisation uh, improvisation so that's interesting to see that come up again after watching peterloo and i think it it shows in this film that it works i thought that this scene was fantastic i absolutely loved it it was well a it's the centerpiece of the film uh, but it's also the best scene for me um and it marks the kind of change that the film is going through because afterwards it's a slightly different film. Um, and I think maybe that's when the downward spiral begins. Um, I thought that the arguments are informed and reasoned and it's just, it's really impactful to have all these different people expressing all these different review, um, these different opinions uh, on how to fix this same problem. I think you you could inter- you could find the scene frustrating, and I definitely don't think that the resolution was it. It didn't feel resolved to me when they make that vote and then they go, "Okay, cool, that's that's it. We're doing it." So I wouldn't necessarily say that it gave me like closure or gave me a definitive viewpoint in which I should have. But what I respected most about it was that it left me just like all the characters to have whatever viewpoints they want. It doesn't say there's one that's right and there's one that's wrong and this person should do this and that person should do that. It shows the complexity of individual thoughts and the nuances of the movement and the different uh, strands of the movement. Um, it's a little bit chaotic, but I thought it was chaotic in a, like a positive way. Uh, and it made me feel, yeah. I don't know, I felt the passion that every one of them feels and the importance of this moment really came through. I might totally agree. I love the scene. And when I was talking earlier about 
that you really feel the excitement and the potential of change. That's where it really comes together in that scene. You know, you really think, oh my God, we could change the world here. Um, you got that feeling. The rest of the film, I have to say, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, we'll talk about the historical record in a moment, but I, as a film, I really enjoyed it. I realize it gets a little bit clunky with the romance between David Carr and Blanca. But it's kind of earthy, straightforward, unshowy. I think it's kind of the way it would be. Um, you love earthy movies. And I think it's, I do love earthy movies. So I really enjoyed the movie. I suppose the one thing that I felt about it is that it's, you know, it's Ken is preaching to you a little bit. It's a little bit didactic. What about you? Did you. Uh, how well do you think the film worked as a movie? Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty entertaining. It's obviously f- the ending is fairly depressing, so I don't exactly leave the cinema. I'm not sure what I meant to take from the ending because it's kind of so downbeat. Um, and any enthusiasm or hope that it gives me early on, it kind of crushes. But I don't want to. It doesn't sour it completely because then you still have the, like, it's worth going to do this regardless of what happens kind of message. And I still think that rings true. So I think that it's it's fairly entertaining and it's very interesting and it's appropriately messy and jumbled. Um, I think it's really just the point when he gets hurt and then goes to the hospital and then starts and then joins the other organization. Um from that point on, I struggled a bit more with it. It it just wasn't quite the same film to me. And I think it jumps around a little bit too much in time from that point on, uh, which slightly impacted my enjoyment. But I was uh, I was engaged and I would uh, definitely recommend it to people. Great. Okay. Well, look, let's move on to the history, shall mm-hmm. we? And this is where the wheels start coming off. The th- the important thing to remember, I think, is just how important George Orwell's book, Homage to Catalonia, is to this movie. George Orwell also fought alongside Poom and therefore has that same outlook, although he's a little le- less didactic, actually, than than Ken, in the sense that Orwell recognises that in order to try and win this war, this crucial struggle the communists have to make some compromises and the republicans also in order to have an effective fighting force and all this passion of these small, rather inefficient militias aren't going to help them win the big battle against the fascists. The film, of course, is very partial towards this little bit of action. It's a little slice of life, I suppose. And in actual fact, Poom was a very small group, just two or three seats in the parliament in uh, in Aragon. The So you get a bigger idea that this militia actually is very, very important, and they were much smaller than, let's say, even the anarchists, for example, in that area so you do get a a partial view uh you don't get a view of the spanish civil war as a whole and there's a lot you miss therefore so the fascists are all are hardly in the movie 
which is very odd because you know that's the point of the whole uh, blessed thing you don't really see the bigger picture about the battle for madrid and the progress of the war there is reference to the attitude of the british and the french but they don't really go into that actually because that's critical to the way that the spanish civil war unfolds so it's just a very partial view uh, you have to be aware if you're looking to learn about the spanish civil war probably don't watch land and freedom accuracy wise quite a lot of people then especially the international brigades were quite cross about the movie there's a lot of quite heavy criticism yep. of this, actually so the former commander of the british battalion of the international brigade uh, a chap called bill alexander accused it of presenting a narrow and partisan view of the war that exaggerated the role of a few dozen British volunteers with the quasi-Trotskyist Pooh militia at the expense of the international brigaders. So that's, that's what he was saying about it, that the big stories with the international brigade and the, re the Republicans and the communists, and, and it gives entirely the wrong impression, Loach has an axe to grind in it, and his axe was, I think, although I think we should reinstate, Wolf, the what is this film really about? Is it about a fish or something else debate? But I think this is about Loach's feeling, and probably Orwell's feeling, that the revolution was betrayed, that the heart of the revolution was betrayed, and that without the heart the communists and the republicans were doomed to failure and that they kill it. Ken isn't a compromise kind of guy. It doesn't talk very much about the story of how what happens around the civil war is that Britain and France implement a non-intervention treaty so they don't allow the republicans, for example, to buy weapons modern weapons and yet meanwhile the italians and the germans are supplying the fascists and that puts the republicans at a big disadvantage and there's a great feeling of betrayal by the liberal democracies essentially i i think they also sent in their planes and i was one of the articles or that i was reading suggested that the Germans and Italians used this conflict as a bit of a dry run for World War II yeah. with some of their bombers and warplanes that they sent in to uh, support the fascists. Absolutely. And meanwhile, on the other hand, Britain and France were terrified of intervening because they didn't want to start a war. And they thought that if they did, they would start a war. So it's kind of like, in a sense part of the story about appeasement or generally mm. Germany and Italy were much more uh, active and as a result this crucial kind of battle between fascism uh, or battle against fascism failed because it wasn't supported in, in that way. The Russia did send weapons though and did offer some support um, They did and in interesting enough that's one of the reasons why of course, republicanism is able to fight the war, at least for a limited period. And also, it's interesting that the Stalinists actually do compromise. They are also worried about the attitude of Britain and France. And 
therefore they moderate their the amount of change and social change so they're supporting the principles of republicanism rather than necessarily trying to implement communism in spain and that again is part of this story that loach sees them as betraying the revolution whereas as far as the republicans and communists are concerned we've just got to win this war first of all otherwise there won't be any social reform anyway the film i think also again it because it's so partial it doesn't discuss from some, some big issues such as the role of the catholic church doesn't touch on that at all the poverty that villagers lived down under the time the role of big landowners in the poverty in spain that leads to the triumph of republicanism in the elections so the republican was actually republicans were the constituted government and the coup was came from the fascists mm -hmm. so again you get this partial view it doesn't um include those big issues finally there's a lot of little picky stuff the sort of stuff i don't really care about in accuracy in history movies forgive me you know the kind of things that they were wearing doc martens yeah but do you remember how much you cared about the lie <laughs> i think the thing that upset me most there was about the fact that the lime wasn't all sticky with the rain oh okay yeah but that's a that's a, that's that a ticky tacky thing that is, I must admit. So or the map, sort of thing, the map in Das Boot, where he draws on the map. You were furious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yes, I'm being inconsistent here. And that kind of thing does appear here. So Doc Martin's jeans apparently weren't, weren't being used by then. The recruitment of David Carr, you see him going on his own off to the war actually it didn't really happen like that it was much more organized people were recruited in groups and they went as groups to be trained so yeah, in many ways this is as i said not a great way of learning about the spanish civil war it is partial isn't terribly worried about specific accuracies um, and therefore, I'd probably score it quite low on history. But what was your view? I think I was surprised by how angry yes. all of the responses are to this movie and how controversial this film is. Um, and what's so interesting is it's really controversial to the Communist Party and to everyone who represented the International Brigade, all the thousands of people who went to fight in that, conflict who feel like this movie represents such a small portion of the war and then offers absolutely no wider understanding of the conflict and then uh crushes everything down into this one ideological discussion where it, it can just neatly fall on one side and cast everyone else off as the problem um without understanding any of the complexities of the situation yeah i i, I mean it surprised me yeah. It's it's fascinating, isn't it, that Loach's target is his own side. Why is he not having a hack at the fascists, for crying aloud? And the other thing that occurs to me is that a definitive movie about the Spanish Civil War remarkably hasn't been made. 
And I find that incredible. This is one of the great events of the 20th century. Maybe it gets washed away a bit by the Second World War. Maybe it's in the shadow of that. But why is there not a plethora of movies about the Spanish Civil War? I don't know. I, I think there actually might be quite a lot of Spanish movies. Well, I, I had a conversation with a Spaniard about this. Maybe you're right. But, and they were saying, well, you know, really, the definitive film about the entirety of the Spanish Civil War really isn't yet produced. But, you know, that's only one view. Yeah, I think the only ones I'm thinking of, maybe like The Spirit of the Beehives uh, and a few others, are films that kind of take place during the conflict, where the conflict is like a backdrop rather than one right. that is like, you know, we're going to longest day. We're going to explain every aspect of this for everyone. So I would I would argue that, yes, I don't know of a film that, that does that. And maybe that's why people are even angrier with Ken, because if there was that corpus of films, then nobody, I would imagine, would object to somebody saying that there's this little bit. Although the fact that he he has a hack at the... Communist Party rather than not a hack at the Fascist Party is, you know, a bit weird. Yeah, and it, it's also weird that, like you say, what's what interesting at least, I understand that these are all, everything I've read generally is from people who were um, members of the Communist Party, from people who fought in the International Brigade. They are one side of the story and that they aren't the side that we're seeing in this film. So they are going to be antagonistic towards each other. So I understand that. But they at least tend to be able to criticize the errors in the strategies of the communist forces during the revolution. And they are aware of more wider conflicts. This is what kind of comes through in the articles where they talk about the impact that the other, you know, European countries had the complete lack of support that they received from the allies, as you've already mentioned, while the fascists are funded and supported by Germany and Italy. I mean, you could argue that's the number one reason that they, they're never able to flourish because they get no backing. And it's, it is odd that this film doesn't want to criticise Britain on a whole as for its lack of involvement and lack of care. But the film also argues that if Spain falls during this conflict, right the, early on, that it will be a lead to f- the spread of fascism through Europe. So it knows that if... Franco wins, it's kind of going to lead to the rise of Mussolini and Hitler, which is, I guess, already happening. But you can see how World War II comes out of this in some ways, or at least the connections. Um, So it is weird that the movie then focuses on just attacking other people Mm -hmm. trying to fight the same cause. Okay, so to sum up, uh, Wolf, what is the film about? Is it about fish? Oh, no. Um... I think it's probably what we were saying earlier. It's like a call to arms. And if we think that it's trying to inspire people in England to kind of engage with social issues, not just in England, but in other countries, then it probably does achieve its goal, which is just kind of to get more people up and out and let you know that you can have an impact and you can do something um, and be inspired uh, and mm. and want to kind of fight for social change. And it's very ideological. And I guess it's core belief that there should be much wider systematic change and we shouldn't compromise. That is something that you can believe in and is, 
is an important message. I think it's just, uh, I can understand how a lot of people take it the wrong way. Yes, I, I mean, I t- absolutely agree that this is a Ken Loach view. Obviously, I would imagine Ken Loach therefore agrees with George Orwell, but actually he's more extreme, as I understand it, than Orwell. Orwell recognised that the communist had to do, and the Republicans had to do something as they did of closing down all these desperate militias in order to create a coherent defence, a coherent military concern. So, yes, I agree. It's a call to arms, a Luchin call to arms. Let's grade the movie then. Uh, As a film, what did you, what would you give it? Just because it didn't really feel that much, maybe a seven. Okay, I think a seven is a good mark. I would put a more positive spin on the seven, to be honest. I think it's, I really enjoyed the social realism. I really enjoyed that central scene in the village. I did feel inspired with that feeling. He communicated that feeling they must have had at the time of that we're going to change the world here. That really came across for me. So as a movie... I think it worked really well, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I would agree. And and definitely early on, it's exciting seeing these people come from America and Ireland and all over the place, um, from Germany and Italy, and they're all going to join up to fight this cause. And, you know, it's a bit ramshackle, and nobody's quite ready for it. And it's, I don't know, it's quite exciting and inspiring. Yeah. Uh, historical accuracy. Oof. I'm, I, well, I feel like a lot of the articles I've read would give it a zero. Um, and I don't think I would do that. Um, I guess the question is, do you think that it should be marked down for choosing to only show a smaller picture of something? Is that inaccuracy? Um, or is it just omission? Um, or do you think that the film, um, because of its kind of higher aims, actually does therefore should be marked down because it refuses to take into account the wider context? I mean, obviously there are a deal of hist- minor or historical inaccuracies in detail, which means I think we should mark it down. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that the reason it's got such a negative response is that the people who are critiquing critiquing it have a different viewpoint from ken about what was really important or at least ken may think all these other general things are important and agree with the international brigaders but his task or what he's chosen to do is show this particular aspect yeah and it is true that these militias were closed down in that way so that's not inaccurate it's just that the international brigaders object to the focus yeah so i don't think it's wildly inaccurate i think it's perfectly legitimate for any artist to take a slice of life approach Mm -hmm. i mean there are so many things which are not don't take an overview they're just focused on a particular aspect Mm -hmm. so i'd give it a five or a six i suppose in historical accuracy because there are these details which are wrong yeah but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be a an international brigader on it yeah no, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I think it's just, I guess what we would say is go watch this, but take it with a bit of a pinch of salt and then look up some of the other things and you'll get a wider picture of what else is happening. 
I definitely didn't realize how big the International Brigade was and how much the Communist Party was funneling large amounts of troops through France as as part of like a really organized and structured fight. That definitely doesn't come across at all uh, in the film. And I do think maybe we can question whether the ending would have happened in the way that it does in the film. A lot of the articles I read had particular umbrage with that. Right. Obviously, they did. I think they were the militias were um, suppressed, and then, but they were, um, if I can tell, they were like um, they merged together into the fight ultimately. Mm. And then I was reading about yes. international brigaders who were fighting alongside Poom members who now were a part of them. Yes. Okay. So, would you recommend somebody goes and sees it? Yeah, I would. And I was glad that I watched it. I've been waiting to watch it for years, so I was really pleased that you selected it. Yeah, I agree. I'd really recommend somebody to go and see it because I think you get there's an awful lot you can get out of the movie, but just don't go and see it thinking you're going to learn what the Spanish Civil War was all about. Agreed. Okay. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Do come along to the Facebook group, have a vote, give your opinion. It's quite a controversial film, so hopefully there'll be some views. We don't know what we're doing next, unfortunately, so I can't tell you that, but we will be back. So, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Are you not entertained? Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 